Section 11 of The Life of Mozart, Volume 1, by Otto Jahn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Mozart, by Otto Jahn, Section 11, Chapter 4, Part 2. Leopold Mozart sought to justify himself with the archbishop by a reference to Affligio's want of faith, which it had been impossible to foresee, and by declaring that had the work been an opera seria instead of an opera buffa, requiring all the strength of the Viennese company, he would not have hesitated to shake the dust of Vienna from his feet and lay his son's first important composition at the feet of his rightful and gracious lord the honour of the archbishop himself mozart considered to be concerned that artists employed and recommended by him should not be treated as charlatans liars and impostors who go abroad with his permission to throw dust in people's eyes like common conjurers and the archbishop was employed to undertake wolfgang's cause as identical with his own against people who because they sniff the air of the town where the emperor happens to reside look with disdain on those who serve foreign princes and speak disrespectfully of the foreign princes themselves nay he calls upon him as a christian to convince the unbelievers that the almighty has worked a miracle in the birth of this prodigy at salzburg if ever i considered it my duty to convince the world of this miracle i do so now at a time when every effort is made to bring miracles into disrepute and ridicule what greater joy and triumph could i enjoy than to hear the astonished exclamation of a follower of voltaire grimm now for once in my life i have seen a miracle it is the first but because this marvel is too patent and too open to be denied every effort is made to suppress it and to deprive the lord of the glory due to him there is an idea that in a few years the wonder will cease and will fall back into the natural so it is to be hidden away from the eyes of the world for what could manifest it more openly than a public performance in a large and populous city this tone was undoubtedly adopted as an appeal to the archbishop's begotted piety. In spite of all discouragements, Leopold Mozart never swerved from his main object. He had an immovable faith in the providence which had, so often and so evidently urged him on or held him back, and always led him in the right way. Just as firm was his confidence in the artistic gifts of his son, for whose glorious future he considered it his mission to prepare the way. His conviction that the opera in Vienna would be the pioneer on the road to Italy made him ready to sacrifice to it even his official position in Salzburg. I reckon upon this as a means of extorting permission for the journey to Italy, a journey which, all things considered, cannot be long delayed, and for which the Emperor himself has given me every possible assistance in the imperial towns, and in Florence and Naples. Failing this, we must pine at Salzburg in the vain hope of better future, until I shall have grown too old to make the journey at all, and until Wolfgang has grown up, and his performances are deprived of everything marvellous. 
can it be that the first step of this opera in vienna shall have been made in vain and that my son is not to advance with rapid strides along the path so plainly marked out for him however bitterly he felt that ill-will and disappointment pursued him in vienna as they had never done abroad and that his opponents were germans seeking to oppress a german whom foreigners had treated with justice and liberality yet intrigues and slanders never deprived him of patience and self-command it is just the way of the world if a man has no talent he is unhappy enough but if he has talent then envy follows him in proportion to his ability all we can do is by patience and perseverance to convince the world that our adversaries are malicious liars slanderers and covetous wretches who would laugh in their sleeve if we allowed them to frighten or weary us it is impossible to withhold our sympathy from leopold mozart's shrewd and patient endeavours to bring to light his son's work in the full belief of its worth but we must ascertain also how far this belief is justified by the work itself the opera is preserved in mozart's handwriting and a detailed examination of it serves to confirm the judgment of contemporary critics that it is not only on a level with the numerous comic operas of the time but far superior to the majority of them the text goes far to justify coltellini's want of success as a librettist the poverty of the plot the unreality of the characters and the stupidity of the jokes all prove the truth of nicolai's severe criticism of the outlandish musical zany in vienna whose pieces are as poor as those of any mountebank the plot is somewhat as follows fracasso a hungarian officer is quartered with his servant simone in the house of two rich bachelors cassandro and polidoro who have a beautiful sister jacinta fracasso and simone are of course carrying on a love intrigue with jacinta and her maid ninetta of which the brothers know nothing the latter are broad caricatures polidoro the younger of the two is simple and timid but amorous by nature which he does not dare to betray to cassandro who by virtue of his wealth talent and good looks of which he is inordinately vain tyrannizes over his household and though not less amorous than his brother feigns a contempt for women in order to outwit the brothers and force them into a consent to their union the two pair of lovers plot that the rosine fracasso's sister who is expected on a visit shall under ninetta's instruction make both brothers in love with her rosine enters with feigned simplicity and with a marvellous show of naivete throws herself at the head of the two brothers each of them delighted at her demonstration of love wishes to marry her at once the tricks which she plays on them the complications which ensue when each brother in turn surprises her with the other their attempts to ingratiate themselves with her and their awkward manners form the main subject of the opera which is devoid of dramatic action and consists of detached burlesque scenes we will note a few characteristic traits at their first meeting after a very few words polidoro proposes marriage on the spot to rosine she shows herself not averse but 
domanda un matrimonio i passi suoi sama da prima e piace calce visita almeno calce gentil biglietto calce bel regalo he is nothing daunted as for love he declares it exists already for the visits he has just paid one ninetta shall write a love letter for him and by way of present he thrusts a purse of gold into her hand in a subsequent scene he is formally instructed in the duties of a husband cassandro fares no better at their first interview rosina begs for a ring which he wears and on his refusal she teases him into lending it whereupon he plainly expresses his doubt of ever receiving it back again in the following act he comes in intoxicated and is consequently forced by rosine to converse with her from the opposite corner of the stage she expresses herself in pantomime which he misunderstands and at last goes to sleep then she puts the ring on his finger again and leaves him fracasso enters and cassandro complains that his sister has kept the ring but as it is shown to be on his finger a duel is the consequence in which cassandro makes full display of his cowardice to bring matters to a point the brothers are informed that jacinta and ninetta have decamped with gold and jewels and are induced to promise the hands of these young ladies to whomsoever shall bring them back fracasso and simone are happy enough to accomplish this rosina having given her hand to cassandro clears up all misunderstandings and the piece ends amid general rejoicings the noble and refined genius of young mozart now as ever raising to a higher sphere all with which it came in contact was able to transform and quicken even such miserable trash as this the jesting is confined to the dialogue the songs have a higher tone and in the finales which are unquestionably burlesque in their situations the poor fun of the text is made subordinate to the strongly marked individuality of the composer a talent for musical delineation of character is clearly visible in this work and must be entirely ascribed to the genius of the youthful composer who had no help from the poet the part of polidoro is the most favorable instance of dramatic power it was written for caribaldi whose beautiful voice was very telling in slow movements but who had a poor execution and strove unsuccessfully to imitate caratoli in his acting mozart has contrived to give a simple noble expression to the genuine feeling of love which invests even the poor simple dupe with a certain dignity and yet the comic element is never lost sight of his first air in which he describes the impression made on him by rosine is the crown of the whole opera the naive emotion of a youth who is as yet unconscious of the strength of his own passions is so naturally and heartily expressed that we may well ask how the boy had acquired such a degree of psychological insight we are reminded of cherubino in figaro but polidoro is not to be compared to the page and fire and spirit all mozart's later characteristics the quiet beauty and easy flow of the melodies and harmonies the symmetrical blending of the details into a whole and the intrinsic unity of style are already to be traced and we may fairly rank this song with those of his maturer works 
the instrumentation is carefully and effectively worked out the first violins and the voice go together the second violins have a simple accompaniment the basses play pizzicato two tenors and bassoons generally in unison supply the shadows to this outline as it may fairly be termed and two oboes let in the appropriate lights the horns made use of only in long-drawn notes keep the whole together the skilful employment of these simple means produces an effect of light and shade which is at once striking and beautiful as we have already observed this air was taken with slight modifications and with the omission of the middle movement in g minor and of the da capo from mozart's earlier oratorio this species of borrowing was common enough at the time but mozart never made use of it except in this instance his having done so here proves how strongly the young composer himself felt the beauty of his music polidoro's air in the second act has far more of dramatic energy rosine insulted by cassandro bursts into tears polidoro indignant with his brother but more than half frightened at his own temerity seeks to console her the contrast between his strong feeling of attraction to rosine and the effort which he makes to overcome his fear of his brother is well marked by modulations of time and measure and by the instrumentation the accelerated part has much of the ordinary buffo character next to polidoro we may rank rosine the part was publicly announced for clementine baglioni whose voice had a silvery tone was as easy and fluent as could be desired and carried admirably she sang without audacity and correctly her gestures were easy and becoming the same simplicity and truthfulness of expression is observable here as in the part of polidoro the first song in which she undertakes to show che si può senza rossore gradir tutti ed un solo amar is fresh and lively and the passages are so natural and graceful that even in the present day it does not sound antiquated the first part of the second song is especially beautiful and the principal melody reminds us in dignity and expression of the countess in figaro the words senti lecco ove tagiri susurrar ta fiore e fronde ma se gridi o se sospiriri che lo sol lecco risponde che ti sente a ragionar give opportunity for descriptive music the susurrar being expressed by a phrase for the violins while a solo oboe enacts the part of echo repeating the end of each phrase but this trifling is kept in the background and does not in the least interfere with the tender character of the air the second part allegro grazioso although light and cheerful does not approach the first in originality and depth the cavatina in the second act expresses a simple fervent emotion in a beautiful melody the whole piece both in design and execution shows mozart's manner most unmistakably and is marked by a certain individuality of conception which transcends all technical readiness and skill on the other hand the song which rosine sings in her role of affected simplicity is cheerful and fresh but not particularly striking 
the part of cassandro is not on a par with the two we have been considering caratoli for whom it was written was past his best days as a singer but he was an excellent actor and knew how to dispense in some measure with singing he generally played old men and his desire to please the multitude led him into occasional extravagances his part is specially adapted to the peculiarities of the italian buffo it contains rapid declamation well-applied pauses strong contrasts and other similar conventional effects but not much original conception of comic character in one song indeed we have a clever expression given to the not over-refined words e son come un can barbone fra la carne ed il bastone vorrei stendere lo zampino e al baston più ma avvicino e abbaiando mugliando piglio i porco e me ne vo must not indeed compare such jesting as this however it may have been applauded at the time with the delicate humour of figaro the composer is not at his best but much of the blame lies at the door of the poet who wrote such trash and of the performer who would accept only slight indications of the music to be sung that he might win applause by his own elaboration of it but youthful inexperience and ignorance of the minds of men must also naturally have narrowed the boy's ideas it is a sufficient proof of his thoroughly artistic nature that his fun was exempt from childish extravagance the two pairs of lovers are not of equal prominence the somewhat timid and indolent jacinta is a difficult subject for musical representation in her first song she declares Marito io vorrei, ma senza fatica, averlo se comoda, laschiarlo se intrica. The husband is to be un uoro d'ingegno, ma fatto di legno. This is not exactly the state of mind for a prima donna. The music that she sings is harmonious and pleasing, but, with the exception of a happy turn here and there, not above the average only the song in the third act expresses dismay at the pretended flight with the tragic pathos which though of course exaggerated is well sustained both by the voice and the accompaniment the conception of this part was doubtless influenced by the individuality of the singer for whom it was written according to sonnenfels this was signora eberhardi she has an agreeable contralto voice and a style which pleases universally her shakes certainly degenerate sometimes into a quake and if the tempo is taken very fast she fails to keep pace with it in her acting she suffers the natural to pass into the artificial and her conventional gestures are often constrained 
Fracasso is a lover of the usual type, rough and impetuous as becomes a Hungarian officer, quarrelsome with the two brothers, but without marked individuality. This it was impossible for so young a composer as Mozart to evolve out of such commonplace and insignificant materials. The part was cast for Lasky, whom Sonnenfels praises as a cultivated artist, and a buffo actor of the most refined and intelligent type. He still played first lover's parts, but was much commiserated on account of the loss of certain notes of his voice, a defect which he sought to hide by transposing airs and passages. Simone is an ordinary valet, blunt rather than rude, and merry, all which is well represented by the music, the part seldom rising, however, above the ordinary buffo level. Most genial and telling is the song, Concerte persone vuol esser bastone, and the concluding refrain, Madama bastone, is pretty and comical. Poggi, who took the servants' and peasants' parts, possessed a fine bass voice and correct execution, together with a starming child of acting, and was the favourite of connoisseurs. The character most devoid of colour is that of Ninetta, and we find in it no foretaste of a Susanna or a Despina. It can only have been intended for Bemasconi, who had made a great sensation as Sandrina in Piccini's Buona Figliola and in Sacchini's Contadina in Corte. It is indicative of the healthiness of Mozart's genius that some of the songs for these less important personages were rewritten several times, no doubt at the request of the performers. Where any natural emotion or characteristic situation is to be represented, his judgment is at once correct and decided, but in unimportant matters he is ready to yield to the wishes of the singers and the public, and to attempt various modes of expression in search of what is pleasing and harmonious. In accordance with the prevailing fashion, solo songs abound in this opera. Each character has two or three, Rosina has four, and the total number amounts to twenty. The majority are formed on the same model, the usual one of the day. They have a long ritomello and consist of two movements, differing in time, measure and key, which are generally both repeated. Each movement is woven into one long thread, the motives being sometimes repeated, but never really worked out. This clumsy form gives few opportunities for dramatic effect, and is especially adapted for the singer who is desirous of displaying his own. As a matter of course, those songs which have most originality disregard such rules, and their form is rounder, more self-contained and complete. In these, little opportunity is given for a display of execution. The melodies are simple, ornamental passages, and runs few in number, and little beyond the cadenzas is left to the singer's discretion. The natural expression of feeling in the songs is never inconsistent with the style of an opera buffa, all is cheerful, light, and easy of apprehension. By the side of these numerous airs, there is only one duet between Fracasso and Cassandro, of a purely comic character. Cassandro assumes an air of arrogant importance, but, terrified in reality, seeks by any means to escape from the proposed duel. 
this is animated and must have been very effective at the time but it is in reality a solo for the bass buffo for fracasso has only detached ejaculations and the two voices never go together each act of the opera ends with a finale in which the action increasing in intensity through the several scenes is wound up and represented to the audience in a connected and coherent form clearly defined rules left little scope for originality in the arrangement and composition of these finales changes of time measure and key took place according to rule with every change of situation and each movement formed a complete and detached whole when the action becomes animated or the dialogue rapid the orchestra by means of retaining and developing a characteristic motive supplies a framework from which individual dramatic features can be detached without risk of the whole falling asunder end of section eleven